guys. Welcome back to the Keto Transformations podcast. This week I have Josh joining me from Instagram. You can find him there under the name Josh Perry BMX. So Josh, how long have you been keto and how did you hear about it? So I've been following a keto diet for about a year and a half now. I originally heard about the keto diet and lifestyle after reading Dr. Perlmutter's book, Grain Brain. And then I was also just enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a certified health coach as a way to kind of share my passion with others, help them become well. And then I got introduced to Mark Sisson during that program in the Primal Blueprint. And that's kind of where it all started. What motivated you to try keto? So the third brain tumor diagnosis in February 2017 is what motivated me to actually pursue following a keto diet and lifestyle. Before that, from Dr. David Perlmutter's book, I had transitioned to higher fat, lower carb, getting rid of the sugars, the alcohols, the grains, and was kind of already on that lifestyle. At that time, it had been about four years I'd been following that high fat, low carb way of eating. And so I've become really adept to utilizing fat primarily for fuel. And it was that third brain tumor diagnosis that kind kind of gave me that, you know, kick in the ass to go full on to this keto thing I've been learning about uh, along the way, but never really diving too far in. And then that was the point. So what benefits have you experienced since you started keto? Did it make a big difference with the tumors? Yeah. So the biggest benefit that I saw was a year follow-up from that 2017 MRI diagnosis, that third diagnosis. A year later, an MRI scan follow-up showed that there was no progression in size or uh, anything like that for those two that had you know, come back or had popped up. And so that's obviously, to me, the biggest benefit. Now, with that way of eating and following the lifestyle that comes with it, there's a lot of other benefits. So, you know, obviously body composition is one of the most noticeable. Uh, for me, it wasn't too much, you know, to notice, but there was some changes to where even my chiropractor that I see every two weeks or so mentioned some things over the last few months of those changes, but also just my recovery from training and my sport of BMX seem to be a lot more efficient and less soreness. And there's so many benefits to go over. But I, I would say the biggest one to me was lack of growth in the two new tumors and then body composition and energy and overall recovery. What did your doctor say when you told them you did it with keto? I didn't really talk with him much about what I was doing. I don't really see a doctor regularly anyways. I'm very selective of my doctors, of course. You know, So when I had to have knee surgery, I was bouncing around to find one that actually was like, oh yeah, so you do like probiotic drinks, you take probiotics, you do all this and that for inflammation. And they were pretty you know, open to it, but the brain tumor topic in the past, sharing different things, certain doctors you know, kind of have that ego thing and you do something different that maybe they don't know or didn't recommend, they kind of get a little bummed, but I'm just trying to take care of myself. So that's all that matters. Exactly. And plus, knowing that you're doing better and feeling better is enough to solidify it, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So what was interesting about this third round of brain tumors to equal four currently still in my skull today, the third diagnosis was the only one that I didn't have surgery or treatments on. So the second time around, they said that it was regrowth in two areas of the original tumor from surgery complications. The tumor was actually wrapped around the main artery in my brain and pushing all over my optic nerve. So when it grew back in two areas, they recommended radiation. And I did some Googling and came across a technology called gamma knife radio surgery whereas more of a targeted form of radiation to where it's not as damaging as traditional radiation, but they can pinpoint specific locations to treat. And so then the third time that I was diagnosed, that's when, you know, I was like, well, I've been learning a lot about keto and it's, you know, it's epigenetic effects. And, you know, they're saying that I have a genetic disorder that creates these. So why don't I just take this a lot more serious than I have been or educate myself more. So this third time around, it was just all diet, mindset and proper fitness. And that's what did it. 
That's amazing. And I'm really glad that you said mindset because I think that has so much to do with it. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, little did I know this whole time I've been fostering a positive, strong mindset, but being conscious to the mindset, our thoughts, you know, what we believe about ourselves, about the world, about others, how we perceive things. That was the third and you know final piece, but I believe it's the most important. So that's what I try to share first with people, especially with health consulting with my clients. I say, let's start out with the mindset, you know, like, where are you now? Where do you want to be? Let's envision yourself there. And why? What is the purpose of all these things? And that's a big piece, especially when you're trying to come from carbohydrate dependency, you know, lifestyle pattern and go right into keto. It's going to make it a lot more sustainable and a lot more efficient and enjoyable if you can kind of live a lifestyle and a, a mindset that's kind of balanced and you're not stressed out. You're not releasing a ton of cortisol, thinking negative and all those things. That's so true. And one thing that I really do love about keto is that it totally becomes a lifestyle and it's completely sustainable. Yeah, exactly. For sure. That's one of the best things that I love about it. Once you get it dialed in for how it works for your lifestyle, your schedule and all that stuff, it's so efficient and enjoyable. You know, I never feel deprived. I never feel restricted from things. I don't say I can't have this anymore. I say I don't really want that anymore. <laughs> you know, one very conscious to how these things affect me internally or, you know, physically, how I feel in the moment. So yeah, it's a great way to live. And I mean, it's kind of like our optimal way to live as a human being. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And plus, everything tastes so good. Exactly. That was one of the biggest mindset practices to wrap my brain around. You know, when I started learning about, oh, grass-fed butter is okay. You know, saturated fats are great. I should get, you know, some grass-fed steak and have that regularly instead of once in a blue moon, you know, like, that's pretty cool. So, Josh, have you faced any challenges or had any setbacks since you started keto? So in the beginning, before I really understood how the brain mostly, but the body in general, just transitions from a carb dependency lifestyle to burning fat and ketones and being able to utilize them, you know, there's a transition, the time period where the keto flu comes up and different things like that. With my sport, it's, I've been trying to figure this out with, you know, my girlfriend who's an athletic trainer, my strength and conditioning coach myself and friends that are into keto and trying to brainstorm about where our sport really falls into in terms of we're not really endurance athletes. We're not really like power. Like we're just like, we're kind of a mix because our sport, the way we compete is groups of four, you go twice and it's 60 second runs. So you go 60 seconds where you're up in the air doing a trick, then you're kind of riding around the flat bottom, then you're doing another trick. So it's like, go, stop, go, stop. But then you have to have some endurance. So with all that being said, on top of training, when I went from, you know, living a pretty high fat diet, low carb, but I was still having the sugar sneak in, you know, from different things. And I wasn't taking it as serious. But then when I was like, all right, let's try keto. And I just jumped right into it. There was a time where I was just feeling like crap. Makes sense now to what I've learned, but I was just, you know, low on energy. My eyes just felt super heavy. My face, you know, felt heavy. And I just kind of gave up on it for a minute. And then I did some reading and I was like, all right, I need to transition into this, especially because if I'm not going to take a step back from training, and riding. Like if it wasn't for those two things, I think it would have been a lot more pleasant to transition. But because of those, the biggest setback I had was that slap in the face of the brain doesn't know what to do with no glucose right now. And we don't know what to do with all this fat. So I'd say that was the only really setback I had, but it's just kind of figuring out how to transition. It's definitely something to get used to. But once you hit the fat adapted stage, it's like everything changes. Yeah, it's awesome. The brain just kicks into high gear. It's like, oh, we know what to do with all this now. Cool. Do you intermittent fast? Yeah, actually, my girlfriend and I, before we even became really aware of it, when we started tracking, you know, our 
our eating windows, it just seemed natural to us. You know, I'd never really been a big breakfast person. So when I started transitioning into more of a holistic, healthy lifestyle, I was like, all right, well, if I can't really fathom eating breakfast. I guess I'll just try a protein smoothie and get some fats in there. But then when I started learning about fasting and its benefits and how it helps this and that, I, I just seemed to gravitate towards it more. So on average, you know, I do about a 16-hour fast at their minimum. We try not to eat past 7.30, 8pm every night. And then we go do a fasted workout in the morning. Now we're able to do that 100%. But it just seems natural to eat at that 12 to 2pm starting point till about 7, 8pm. And just we feel good for our on the go lifestyle. It just makes more sense. And it just allows us to get better results in the mind and body. I love it so much. And I've been doing it for about two years now. And I can't even imagine not fasting. Yeah, it's sweet. It's like, it's funny when uh, you talk with people and they're like, I can't, I can't imagine not eating until this time or eating below this time point. And it's like, well, you know, there's a process that helps it, but there's lots of ins and outs of the different things you're doing, you're eating, you're thinking like, so it just makes more sense. I really enjoy it. Do you exercise regularly? So I work out at the gym. It's called Athletic Lab, and it's like a sports performance-based gym. And that's what drew me to it because I wanted to learn more about how to train properly for my sport and what I'm doing with my diet. So I do that in the mornings, Monday through Friday. And then like about 3 to 5 p.m. I start riding, depending on the day. So what I like to do is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday do my more strength-orientated workouts. So that'll be, you know, things like squats, lunges. I do a lot of different Olympic lifting, which has been new for me the last two years. So it's all pretty much strength training. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do gymnastic rings and bars and a lot of like core and shoulder in the line of like an active recovery day, but more so just focus on the core. But every day of the week, I also add in 30 to 45 minutes of max aerobic heart rate training. And that's something I learned this last year or so from Mark Sisson and his book, The Keto Reset Diet, talking about that's your peak spot for fat oxidation. And if you can do that and create a base to you know help the fat burning momentum and you know, it increases your endurance. I've been doing that about a year, a little over a year, and it's helped my riding so much, but you know, my energy, my body composition, it's been great. So yeah, I train five days a week at the very least. I ride three to five days, you know, now on top of that. Now, did you do all of this while eating a standard diet or is this just since you've switched to keto? Yeah, it's definitely been something the last two years I've changed up. It took actually in 2013, I blew up my right knee and I was stubborn and rode for two years with a brace and everything on top of it. And then the last eight months of that journey, I started going to the gym. I went to like a plant fitness, you know, like a, a chain gym with machines and just was like, you know, I need to start doing something. And I'd improved a lot, but I still had the problems because I never got it fixed. So in November of 2015, I went in for the surgery, had it replaced, and then continued training after I recovered and started competing again. And then it was December 2016 when I went to this new gym and all the coaches there are competitive athletes themselves and certified coaches. They really dissected my sport. But before that, and before blowing up my knee, I just rode six to eight hours a day, ate whatever I wanted. But because I had a six pack, I'm an athlete, I'm young, the doctors say on paper and everything checks out and worry about it. So now I actually train more than I ride, but I've also been riding for over a decade. So a lot of the tricks are just kind of there. As long as I keep them refreshed, you know, a couple days a week, then I'm good. Do you track your macros? Yep. One of the biggest things with uh, mindset in keto was learning that I don't need as much protein as I was taught. <laughs> I weigh about 168 on average and, you know, I'm five 
nine or 10. So I was like, all right, I need at least 150 grams of protein a day. And then I learned that, all right, so it's a little different than that. So now I aim for about, you know, 120 grams a day of protein, but I also don't stress it. So some days I may be five to 10 over, five to 10 under. I kind of just have that that goal and keep it there. And then carbohydrates. So that's been something recently I've been lowering more and more. So from my understanding of what I was learning was about 50 grams a day of carbohydrates, if you're a very active athlete, would keep you in that, that ketosis range. But with the intermittent fasting mixed in there, you're bouncing in and out all the time. But one of the things I noticed too was when I did just super low carb, like under 25 a day, from just like green leafy vegetables, uh, my training and my riding were declining. And this was when I was doing it for a good long period of months and it wasn't showing improvements. We did a lot of tracking with heart rate with riding and I'm in the 190s a good amount of time. I recover really fast. So that's when I've been, I've been experimenting more with that. So long story short, I aim for about 120 grams of protein a day, um, anywhere from 25 to 50 grams of carbohydrates a day, depending on how much I trained and how much I rode. And I time those carbohydrate intake to be right before I go ride in the afternoon. So I've already done a fasted workout and maybe I had my first meal and then it'll be right around there. And then fat, that was like 175 to 220 a day, depending on how much I rode, how much I trained. So that's the thing that like kind of is cool. Once you do it for a while and you kind of learn what your body needs, it varies because if I take training and riding out that day, that's five hours of intense working out that I didn't do. So I may not need to eat as much food in general. Now, Josh, do you find keto to be more or less expensive than your previous way of eating? You know, my girlfriend and I just went shopping this morning and we were just talking about that because now she's committing to doing keto long term just to see how she reacts to it as well. And we were just talking about our grocery bill was a little bit cheaper this week. Our protein dropped a little bit. So, you know, when you're eating grass fed and wild caught, those typically are a lot more expensive than the traditional cheaper proteins. But when you don't need as much of that and then you're getting a lot of your fuel from fats, we're like, wow, it looks like our bill is getting lower. So that's cool. And with the fat keeping you satiated, we all seem to just eat way less in general. Yeah, you feel satisfied. And, you know, when you become fully fat adapted, your body can start recycling some of its energy and utilizing things differently. So it's like you don't need to eat as much. And, yeah, no, I think it's great. What keto staples do you always have on hand? So grass-fed butter, MCT oil, and avocados. Those are my top three. <laughs> what keto meals make it into your weekly rotation? So let's see. Because of my girlfriend, Jackie, she likes to mix things up. So I traditionally just find something and just go with it for weeks at a time. One of the things that's been showing up a lot more is this concoction I got from Mark Sisson's book. It's walnuts, hard-boiled eggs, bacon, sun-dried tomatoes, avocado oil or olive oil. And then like I would do a little bit of like, diced up green onion and some spices. I believe that's it. But then, you know, make like, a little egg walnut bowl type thing, which sounds really weird. And Jackie was hesitant to try it for a few times, but that's been like one of my favorite things recently. Other than that, I love salads because I can just dice up a bunch of like different veggies and then nuts and seeds and avocado. And then I'll either do chicken thighs or some kind of fish or something like that. Douse it with dressing and or olive oil or avocado oil. Those are my two go-tos. What's your favorite keto recipe or dish? So probably the, that walnut hard-boiled egg, sun-dried tomato, bacon bowl, and then pretty much anything Jackie makes. Like grass-fed steak is another staple of ours with asparagus wrapped in bacon. And then every now and then she'll do some uh, cauliflower mash on the side. She mixes it up for us, so I just kind of go with the flow. So what do you enjoy most about keto? 
So it's hard to pick the health benefits on my brain that it has or not having, you know, cravings that I don't know how to control or feel guilty about after I indulge in them or the digestive issues that have cleared up for me. Like my digestive problems trace back to when I was younger. That followed me for a while. And then to not have that anymore, not have like the afternoon crash. Up until I was 21, when I was first diagnosed, like I had two liters of soda every day because it's cheaper than water. And to come from that and all the things that have cleared up from it, it's a miracle that I didn't get diabetes. Yeah, I say that, but then I got brain tumors. So people say like having a brain tumor is, you know, diagnosis or living with it, whatever, it's got to be the worst thing that happened to you. And honestly, I'm so grateful for it because my biggest message in life is that we have choices and perspective. Those are the two things that I think are so important in life. And because of my diagnosis, I gained new perspective on my life, my choices that I was making. And I shifted 180 degrees and like hopped different paths. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd be. If it wasn't for BMX, I wouldn't have fallen at my head that day that led to the MRI that found the tumor. So yeah, it's insane. Now, Josh, before you go, what tips or advice would you give to a keto newbie? First and foremost, keep it simple. Keep it very simple. I mean, if I had to pick three things, keep it simple. Two, don't be afraid to do your research and to chat with people. Track your macros. Make sure you're, you're doing what you think you're doing. Don't overtrain. Don't be stressed out. Yeah, I think just keeping it simple and knowing why you're doing whatever you're doing. I think those two would probably be the biggest starting points. I mean, there's so many technical things you get into, but if you can keep it simple and know why you're doing what you're doing, then I think it's going to lead you on a path of success right off the bat. Thank you so much for joining me today, Josh. I really appreciate your time as well and the opportunity. See you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>